0: The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.
1: Our world is always so rush, rush. We can never get any personal time to ourselves, let alone those that we love. Welcome to Might Radio with host Gabriella Von Ray. Our mission, to reintroduce kindness and compassion to our busy lives. Remember when life was so much simpler? Gabriella and her guests today will pick up the ball of human kindness and by doing so, empower you to make changes in your own life. And now, here is Gabriella Von Ray.
2: Hi everyone and welcome to another My Radio Show. We have an exciting guest and we actually have a guest that you already know. We have Keith Zafrin with us. And uh, first of all, hello, Keith, and I am so glad to have you back as a guest on my radio show.
3: Thank you, Gabrielle. I'm really uh, glad that you have invited me back and I'm happy to be here.
2: I did, because you know what, Keith? Your subject is so interesting. I'm going to say the title, but it is a bit of a mouthful for the listeners. Three massive mistakes male executives make that cause their kids to pull away from them and completely shut them out. Now, mm-hmm. before we start really into the meat of how we can, you can help us by telling us what these executives do wrong, just for the listener out there that has not heard your previous uh, segment, Keith, I would love for you to just tell us how you decided to become an author, how you decided to take this subject that I think is very near and dear to your heart.
3: Yeah, it sure is. And, you know, as most of us, uh, Lisa Nichols, you know, famous speaker, author, says that our mess is our message. And I love that because it's so true for so many of us. You know, it's the things that happen in our own life, particularly some of the challenges or difficulties, sometimes even the pain and trauma. Mm that as we begin to work through that ourselves and find the freedom and the healing, uh, we want to turn around and help others with that very same issue. You know, it motivates us. It inspires us. It's what gives us so much passion. And that's so true for me. I, I had a very painful relationship with my father who left our family when I was seven and many rejections over the years until ultimately rejecting me as an adult when he told me he never wanted to see me or talk to me again and even actually said he didn't want to be my dad. So very, very painful and years of working through the issues that resulted in my own life in terms of lack of self-esteem, believing that I wasn't worthy of love and so many other issues that... Years and years of working through that and coming to understand my father better, coming to forgive my father, and then beginning to utilize that work uh, in the, my work with other people, particularly in the six years that I had the privilege of working in the Texas Department of Criminal Justice System. I got to mm-hmm. work in prisons for six years with about 600 incarcerated men, almost all of whom had painful stories similar to my own. Uh, sometimes more dramatic and more rejecting and more painful, but I got to help these guys bring healing to their father wounds. And almost all of these guys were fathers themselves, you know, with children mm-hmm. they had abandoned through their incarceration. And I helped them learn how, through letters, to reconnect with their children, and how to even do through letters the things that I teach dads everywhere how to how to bring affirmation acceptance, and affection through their writing letters to their children, reconnecting, rebuilding these relationships. And it was really in those six years teaching these men and coaching these men in prison that I got the vision for what is now the Great Dads Project, helping men everywhere, and particularly male executives, to become Mm -hmm. the fathers they wish they had had for their own children.
2: Yeah, I, I personally think it's fantastic what you're doing. And I think it. at the one hand, when I listen to you, Keith, I'm enthralled by what you're saying, and then I'm saddened. I I don't know if you understand I what I mean. I sure mean, do. Because, yeah, at the one hand, you know, I, I'm smiling from ear to ear, and I know this is a radio, and then something deep inside just goes, but that's so sad, what he's saying, because you just said to me, and it really touched me. How to bring affection, and, and yes. wow, I, I just I feel that is so sad. And you said something beautiful too, affirmation. And I'm I'm less familiar with affirmations. Just just on a personal note, tell me what a sample of an affirmation is. I, I think it's just for me the English language that that word I don't use it a lot.
3: Yeah. The word affirmation just really means a way of praising our children for what we see to be true. It's affirming. To affirm means
2: okay. to affirm. To, of to, course. The moment you said it, I, I got it. Praise. But but how come then that we're rarely ever praised unless we get that good grade?
3: Yeah. Well, see, that's the thing is that in our culture, and particularly for us men, you know, mm-hmm. most of us, you know, I. I Look at my history, and it's so similar to the executives and the busy dads that I work with. You know, for us to get any kind of affirmation from our dads, you know, so few of us heard our dads ever say to us, hey, I'm proud of you. But if we did, it was always about our achievement. It was something Mm -hmm. we did. Either we brought home the good grades or we performed on the athletic field or, you know, we had some sort of achievement or accomplishment that finally you know, rung this praise from our dads who just weren't very good at giving that kind of verbal affirmation. And so most of us guys, we kind of grow up being what I call like affirmation junkies. We're addicted to it. You know, we, we are searching without knowing it. Mm-hmm. We're searching for that affirmation, that missing or lacking affirmation from our fathers. And so we're out trying to conquer everything. You know, we're trying to achieve in business, we're trying to make more money, you know, get that promotion, accomplish something significant. So many of us, because we are just starved for that kind of affirmation that unfortunately so many of us just didn't get from our dad.
2: Absolutely. But now I'm going to tell you a little bit what you said in the beginning. Uh, Our mess is our message. Without you going through this painful uh, experience yourself, you would not be able to connect with these other fathers, with these executives, with prisoners, with right. basically any male, because you don't. Well, you now know what it's like to be on that other end, and you can tell right. them about that.
3: That's true, Gabriella, and it's what I also found is that these issues are universal. You know, I was yes. in in prison talking to inmates, and in, on some level, unfortunately, stereotypically. We might expect that. But what I found that was so interesting is that we brought executives in from around the country because the program I was involved with it was called the Prison Entrepreneurship Program. It was a business training program to teach guys in prison how to develop their own business concepts and business plans so that then they got out. When they were released into the free world, they could, have, they could become entrepreneurs. They could develop their own business so they could make a living and not end up back in prison like so many of the guys who are released do. So mm-hmm. these guys would develop their business plans, and by the end of the program, we would bring in executives from around the country who would sit on what were essentially venture capital panels to bring uh, encouragement and some uh, advice to the inmates about their business plans. And so I ended up getting to do some of this teaching about father wounding and being yes. a better fathers, in the same room, I had about 60 inmates on one side of the room in in prison-issued jumpsuits. And mm-hmm. on the other side of the room, about 60 executives in business suits. And with a, this big crowd, jumpsuits on one side, business suits on the other, I'm telling my stories about my dad rejecting me, about longing for my father, and about mm-hmm. the, the pain and the healing that I've experienced in my life and how that has helped me become the dad I always wished I'd had to my own three boys. And I'm hearing weeping all over the room, and as I look around, I'm realizing, you know, it doesn't matter what kind of suit you wear, jumpsuit or business suit, that kind of experience, that kind of longing for the father, that kind of missing what we needed as children, these are universal issues, and it was... This sort of experience that made me realize I need to take this work outside of prison walls, I need to write a book for dads, and I need to begin to coach executives on how to heal this father wound that has been driving them to perform and achieve and accomplish to the point of exhaustion and even losing their families because they're not spending enough time with their children.
2: Mm-hmm. But there's a fine line, and I know we discussed that before, but I, I just want to throw it out there because the stress today in this economic down spiral that we've been having, I hope we're on the up, um, is 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 really hard, I think, on what we call the breadwinner. And I know that women are breadwinners now too, but it's right. you need those two salaries. So it's not even... I mean, there's even more pressure, I think, on both parents, including the father, because the father knows that now the mother isn't even there. Yeah. Do, do, do you sense that when, when you teach these executives today, that, that they really feel that there's an extra stress because of the world we live in and the economy?
3: You know, this is my take on that, Gabrielle. I, I certainly mm-hmm. understand what you're saying. But something that I read, some research I did from uh, yep. Dr. Kyle Pruitt, who is a Yale University uh, medical doctor, child psychology specialist, the research he does there, something that they we have found through child development research is that it's not so much about how much time a parent spends with their child. Okay. As much as, much as it is – how what the child believes their parent feels about them. Them. It's a it's a tricky and kind of fine distinction, but it is hugely important.
2: It's really the quality.
3: Yeah, it's well and it's it's kind of that myth of quality versus quantity time. But the reality is it's how we use the time we have Mm -hmm. to help shape how our children feel. And it's a particularly how they feel focused very much on the father. How, how a child feels their father feels about them shapes their entire experience of life because it builds their, their view of themselves, their own identity. It gives them a picture for what they can expect in relationships with others, and what? it sets them up for success or potentially failure in their lives, which is exactly what I experienced in prison. Mm-hmm. all of these guys would tell me these horrific stories about dads who abandoned them or mm-hmm. sometimes even worse said to them you're never going to amount to nothing you're going to end up in prison and look where they are yeah you know those kind of negative affirmations potentially oh, yeah. set these guys and up and if it's said few- if
2: it's said often enough it will actually happen correct
3: it, it well, only we talk about them as self-fulfilling prophecies, right? Yeah. because yeah. and the reason is they shape identity. And if a child grows up believing that their dad believes that they're going to end up in prison, it shapes mm-hmm. who they become, the decisions they make, the associations they have. And so what I do with the, the executives with whom I work, the busy mm-hmm. fathers that I coach, I try to tell tell them that not so much like you need to minimize your hours at work and spend more time with your kids, because even if you spend more time, if you're not doing the right things with your children, more time isn't going to make any difference. You're just going to be doing more of the same ineffective things. Of course. So what I do is say, with the time that you have, let me help you know how to relate to your children. Let me teach you the skills that you need to build that belief in your children that you are proud of them that you will accept them forever no matter what and that you love them because if they get that their identity and their futures are set on a beautiful excellent path towards oh, yeah. success s- and fulfillment. such a
2: good foundation yeah. absolutely hold that thought about the skills when we come back from the commercial break we're going to continue
1: Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment.
4: Where can you find wisdom in the little conversations of every moment in a show? One that brings you golden nuggets that you can apply towards your burning desires, life, and success. Tune in to Little Conversations today with host Dan Deegan. Our program will provide amazing breakthroughs in your life and help bring you closer to your dreams. Set your internal conversation GPS and tune in to Little Conversations today, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We're changing lives through the power of Little Conversations. What
0: would you do if you knew that you could not fail? The Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basile is a radio forum for some of the world's most influential people in the fields of health, wellness, and human potential. Dr. Pat brings together and introduces visionary scientists and futurists, environmentalists, educators, business leaders, inventors, filmmakers, authors, artists, mystics, and healers who inspire and support individual and collective growth and positive cultural shifts. This award-winning radio show empowers the listening community to be the change they want to see in the world. Tune in to the Voice America Empowerment Channel every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern for The Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basile. Radio to thrive by. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7.
1: You are tuned in to might radio do you have a question or comment for our show perhaps you wish to share your own stories of human kindness please send an email to gabriella von rey at gmail.com that's g-a-b-r-i-e-l-l-a-v-a-n-r-i-j at gmail.com now back to might radio with gabriella von rey
2: so, for anyone who's just tuning into Might Radio, we have a guest back again, Keith Saffron, How to Be a Great Dad. You have a book, you have workshops. Keith, we were just talking. It's not, you just said, and I reiterate, and please correct me if I'm wrong, um, it's not so much that you're going to teach these executive fathers to spend more time with their children, but you're going to give them the skill set uh, yes. of when they spend time with their children, how to do it effectively, exactly. correct? Exactly. Now, let's delve into it instantly. So what is one of the skills that they need that is truly lacking?
3: Well, and this is, this is what exactly I, I lay out in the book and what we just touched on. It's the three A's of great fathering it's affirmation acceptance and affection so i teach executive dads how to give affirmation to their children how to give verbal and written affirmation because so many of them, you know our busy executives today we're traveling you know guys mm-hmm. are on the road often they're yep. up and out of the house before the kids are even up they may spend numerous nights away and many dads just don't realize that they can actually send written affirmation through email, text, letters. When I'm traveling, I'll often just send letters to my boys, an actual handwritten, got-to-put-a-stamp-on-the-envelope kind of letters to my boys. And it's just such a cool thing to receive a letter from dad, and particularly when that letter is positive and filled with affirmations about why I'm so proud of my boys, not just for their accomplishments and achievements, but for their character,
1: oh, for who yeah. they are as
3: young men, to say, I'm so proud of you for being, you know, a, a, a strong and responsible young man, or I love it when you tell the truth, or, you know, I noticed the other day when your friends were over, just how generous you were and how you took care to make sure everyone was involved, everyone was having a good time. I love seeing that in you because that skill will serve you your entire life. You know, affirmations like that, I, I write to my boys, and I encourage executives, when you're not around, send your kids texts saying these kinds of things. Send them an email, write them a letter. Get on the phone at night before they go to bed. And just tell them how proud you are of them and how much you love them. But
2: and it sounds them. also like you're doing it very spontaneously, which a child, I can imagine, would love, just like we all yeah. do. I mean, I'm an adult, and I would love uh, a spontaneous Affirmation yeah. for no reason, just because exactly. you can right yeah,
3: I call it I call it planned spontaneity
2: planned ah <laughs> I love it, thank you, Keith. Okay, see, I was wondering about how you would explain that, okay, yeah, planned spontaneity, I love it <laughs>
3: yeah, I mean okay. so sometimes I'll do this when I travel, I'll actually write the letters before I go, and then I'll put them in the mailbox when I'm off going off to the airport. You know, so that they get them two days later, but I've already planned it, you know, or I'll call them up and, you know, I already know what I want to say to them, but it'll just come out naturally in conversation. So, you know, I do think of those things ahead of time, and sometimes we need to do that. Sometimes they just come up spontaneously in conversation, but a planned, a well-planned and well-delivered affirmation, oh my goodness, it makes such a difference in a child's life.
2: And do you feel that these executive and and actually the prisoners too, any father, do you yeah. feel that one of the reason, and 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 I I hate to say bad father, but that we don't connect well with our children, is also is is basically due to the example that we had.
3: Yeah, you mean in our own fathers? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I mean, and that is. That's why the whole second half of my book is about healing the father wound. And it's so much of the work I do with my coaching clients. I've got There are two clients in particular I'm working with right now where we've, we've deviated a little bit from teaching and talking about fathering skills because both of them have realized they are kind of bound up inside emotionally themselves. Like they have ah. such a hard time expressing emotion to their children and even to okay. their partners because their dads never hugged them, never told them they loved them. You know, there's so much pain, there's so much of a wound there that that's the kind of coaching that we've moved into uh, now is that we're talking that through. And I do almost all of my coaching through Skype because guys I coach are all over the nation. So we're meeting on Skype and these guys are, are sitting with me, talking with me, and you can just see and feel the emotion it begins to build, and sometimes there are tears, sometimes just long periods of silence and sadness, and we're working those things through together, just like I explain in my book about my own process that I openly share with men, to, just to give one example, not that okay. every process is the same, but just to give one example of what it's like to work through toward forgiveness and compassion and understanding. When the model we had in our dad didn't set us up well to be dads ourselves,
2: yeah,
3: it's why the title of the book, you know, is "How to Be a Great Dad No Matter What Kind of Father You Had." So no matter what, yeah.
2: But I, I can you imagine did. that you're you yourself think. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just guessing, and and I wonder if you have that in your workshops. A father, I mean, I presume when you have a child you say, I'll never do what my parents did.
3: Yeah, so many of us make those vows, we, yeah. Sure. We, we I think
2: that, right? And then yeah. and that's a really easy promise to make when we're facing a tiny little innocent baby. But then the baby starts to have a character and behavioral patterns and then it's not so easy to keep that promise. Yeah. So do, do you sense that in your workshop sometimes that oh, fathers yeah. become I work their that. own father's voice?
3: Yeah, and in my individual and small group coaching, this comes up all the time because okay. we all do this. You know, when we're angry, especially when we've been hurt, when, when we know that the way we've been fathered was not good, not helpful, not right. We do. We make these strong vows. I will never do this, because you don't want to repeat that. You know, you don't want to repeat that mistake. But the problem with that vow and the reason that vow is so easily broken is -hmm. if you don't replace that, if you don't have some other kind of model and you develop new skills, then in times of stress or in times when you're just reacting to what's happening in front of you, Mm -hmm. if if you haven't replaced that old model, even though okay. you hate it, even though you may have vowed to never repeat it, it's all you have inside you, and it comes out. And I've had those experiences early on in my fathering, and guys I talk to say, oh, my God, like I, that's my father. Like my father, I can hear my father's voice, his words, his behaviors, or I end up spanking my kids the way I was. Or, and these guys are saying they hate this about themselves, but they don't know what to do differently. And that's why I knew a new mindset and a new skill set, needs to be put in place so that we can actually fulfill that vow. We can become a different kind of father than perhaps we experienced if it wasn't as positive as we wanted it to be when we were children.
2: So so my, my question here, how do you create a new mindset?
3: Well, like anything in life, you know, when you when you pick up golf for the first time, Mm-hmm. You, don't just, you don't just watch professional golfers on TV, then go out mm-hmm. and buy a, a set of clubs and go out and play golf. I mm-hmm. mean, you can try, but you're going to be terrible because it's not just watching. You know, most of us guys have to take lessons or get with somebody, you know, a partner who knows what they're doing, who can teach us how to hold, how to hold the club with the proper overlapping grip, who can teach us the mechanics of the swing, You know, some of us read golf magazines, some of us get golf videos, some of us take private lessons. But the point is, however we do it, we have to get educated and Mm -hmm. we need a coach. Same thing in business. Very few of the executives I work with just suddenly decided to start a new business with no experience or no education. Most of us were trained. we We got educated in school. And we got trained in another company. We were under someone else's tutelage or mentorship or apprenticeship. We learned our skill, and then we said, you know what? I'm going to go do this. I'm going to start my own company, or I'm going to take over this other company. And it's mm-hmm. a very similar thing with raising children. We, we didn't get any education. We no. So many women, you know, you know, it may be more innate to a woman as well. I don't know about that, but, you know, many people say it is. But whether it's innate age or not, many women either grew up taking care of younger siblings or babysitting or somehow having exposure to younger children and to babies. Okay. For me, I never did that. You know, I didn't raise younger siblings. I never took care of a baby. The first baby I think I ever held was my own child when I was oh, 37 wow. years old. I, ne- I never changed the diaper. I never burped a baby or fed a baby a bottle. Nothing. It was all brand new to me. And I it's never studied, you know, it just was brand new.
2: Pretty overwhelming. I have a question for you. Do you feel that fathers are at a dif- disadvantage by not giving birth in the bonding part?
3: I don't know. If, uh, I, I think I understand your question. I don't know mm-hmm. if, if it's I I wouldn't say a disadvantage, it's just different. You know, that moms have the opportunity to bond in a beautiful way because it's really kind of, it's part of your body. You know, mm-hmm. there's a, there's a constant, especially the later months of pregnancy when that baby's moving and, oh, it's, you know, it's unbelievable. But there's also, I think, a bonding that can go on for dads who are aware and who are taught, as I do with my coaching clients. You know, I have a, one client I'm working with who has two young boys and then his wife was pregnant when I started coaching him. And so I just started sharing stories about what I did early on with my boys when they were still in the womb. And I used to read to them. I used to okay. talk to them and tell them, Hey, this is your daddy's voice. You know, I want you to know this voice. It's the first one of the first voices you're gonna hear when you come out. So I, I started building that bond even before my baby was in the womb. I mm-hmm. was a part of the built delivery process. You know, I I was one of the first human hands to touch my boys. So I was very, very involved, even though I didn't know what I was doing yet. And then Mm -hmm. there are lots of ways, uh, not only that men can bond with their women. I've actually written an article about how women can help their men bond with their babies. Yes.
2: Oh, I agree totally. Put it on my Facebook. It would be great to see that.
3: Okay, I'll send it to you. I'm sure that
2: people would love to read that. Oh, that's fantastic. Because I agree, it's all about what you just said awareness, education. So, if we women can do something more to help the men come on board and bond with their children actually before birth, I think it's also an added bonus. Yes. Yes. We're going to have one more commercial break and we'll be right back, Keith and everyone. Just sit down. You bet.
0: We're on Facebook, along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. Question, what's working and what's not working in your life? Though we resolve each year to do things differently, and we want what's great for our businesses, our relationships, our health, and more, we don't always know where to turn when life gets tough. That's where Leading Life Large with host Rob Braun comes in. Our show challenges you to reevaluate where you are and keep pushing your way to the success you desire. If you want it bad enough, we can help you turn your life around. Leading Life Large airs Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific,
4: 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Are you a business innovator or are you just sitting on the sidelines?
0: We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android
4: Market.
1: You are tuned in to Might Radio. Do you have a question or comment for our show? Perhaps you wish to share your own stories of human kindness. Please send an email to Gabriella Von Ray at gmail.com. That's G-A-B-R-I-E-L-L-A-V-A-N-R-I-J at gmail.com. Now, back to Might Radio with Gabriella Von Ray.
2: Hi, everyone, and for everyone who has just tuned in now, we are back with a guest that was on a couple of weeks ago, Keith zafran an author and a coach, how to be a great dad. Keith, before I forget, because um, you know how fast these shows go, could you say really quickly for the listeners uh, how to get in touch with you on the web?
3: Sure, yeah. The easiest way is just through our website, the Great Dads Project. Dads is plural with myth. The Great Dads Project.org. And there's there's a contact page. And you can contact me there. The book is available on the website as well as on Amazon. The book is called How to Be a Great Dad, no matter what kind of father you had. And there's also an upcoming events page on my website where people can sign up for a free webinar I'm going to be doing next month on this very topic.
2: Oh, fantastic. All right, be sure to make sure that I have the link too because I'd love to promote that.
3: Sure, thank you.
2: So let's go back to the three massive mistakes that busy executives make. Let's start yeah. with the first one.
3: Well, it's, uh, it's just leaving it to mom. We were just starting to talk about that in terms of bonding. You know, Eleanor Roosevelt once said, the kind of man who thinks that he's helping with the dishes or that helping with the dishes is beneath him will also think that helping with the baby is beneath him. And then he certainly is not going to be a very successful father. And I just find that, you know, way too many dads, especially busy executives, leave the baby stage to mom. And when they do, they miss out on an immensely important and formative time in their child's life to bond with them. A bond mm-hmm. is a crucial, crucial foundation upon which the rest of the relationship is going to end up being established or not.
2: And and serious- Sorry about go that. Ahead. Go, go ahead. I'll let you finish. Yeah.
3: Well, I'm just going to say that there's a a serious problem with leaving the baby stage to mom. Is that Mm -hmm. often that early pattern that gets established is never broken. And so dad provides, mom nurtures, and many dads leave the hands-on child-rearing to mom, which is a huge mistake in terms of building that relationship, and kids end up pulling away from dads who weren't there for them and haven't bonded with them.
2: Absolutely. And and do you think, and, and I don't know because I'm not a man, but do you think fathers do that because it's all a little bit scary and overwhelming?
3: There are numerous reasons. I think it certainly can be overwhelming for us who have had no exposure, like I was saying earlier. I mm-hmm. think it's also very much related to what I was saying in the first segment for those who are here and for those who are not, just a reminder that so many of us dads, You know, we did not get enough affirmation or praise from our own fathers. And so, so much of our lives now are about getting out, seeking, longing for, searching for that affirmation now. And the reality is, I mean, to be honest, is we many times get more affirmation outside the home than we do inside. And this is a real key point for the women who are listening now. When men feel like they're getting more affirmation at the job they're getting promotions, they're getting backslaps, they're getting bonuses, they're getting rewards. When we're getting that affirmation need met on the job and at home, maybe mm-hmm. we're not getting that affirmation, we're not being praised for being a great dad, we're getting maybe critiqued or told what we're not doing enough, where do you think that man's going to gravitate if he has a deep and profound need for affirmation? Because yeah, he's going to gravitate world.
2: to where there's no nagging and where people are right. happy to see
3: him. Right. And so yeah. one of the things I do when I do talk with women about this is that one of the ways to help your man be a better dad is to make home a place that where he wants to be by affirming every effort he makes to be a dad, to nurture the children, you know, to essentially the, the, the benefits of positive psychology.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Building his self-esteem about being a dad.
2: That's almost what we need to do with the partnership already, even without children, right? Indirectly.
3: It makes a huge difference, of course.
2: Okay. Okay. I'll I'll make sure that women out there, be nice to your men when they come home so that they want to stay.
3: Exactly.
2: (laughs) That's basically what you're saying. Yeah, I know. know. And I think, um, and I'm just saying that, and it's not an excuse. I, I just feel that women have not learned to say, listen, I'm overwhelmed it 's a little bit too much today, uh, honey can you take over, and I yeah. think we we have not learned to communicate like that, and yeah. we have learned to nag, and the nagging never helps anyone, and People kind of say, "What did I do? Because you kind of walk into it, right
3: yeah
2: so that's yeah, what what I feel is we, we need to be actually way more communicative. Why we actually are talking negative. Yeah. Definitely. So that the other person actually understands instead of walking in a sort of mind field. And yeah, I'm good. sure that the listeners at Voice America are all, all the men are going, yes, yes. <laughs> because yeah. it is true. It's the biggest complaint I hear from my male friends that women yeah. just kind of go off when they go home, come home and they don't really know what they did, <laughs> mm-hmm. except walk into the door. So tell me what what is another um, uh, yeah, so massive the first, mistake?
3: The first massive mistake busy executives make is just leaving it to mom, leaving the child leaving rearing to mom, mom, thinking that you know their their financial provision is enough, mm-hmm. uh, and it just it does it doesn't create the bond. The second mistake that so many busy executives make is going it alone. You know they uh, you might think of this as the Lone Ranger syndrome. You know, so many fathers, especially busy executives, are used to flying solo. I mean, we're independent by nature. We avoid, like, the plague, appearing needy or ignorant or asking for help. You know, whether it's from pride or from fear of rejection or just looking stupid, I mean, m- many of us men don't like to look like we don't know what we're doing. So it's true in many of areas of our lives, but it may be particularly true when it comes to fathering. You know, like I said, we've never been trained. We likely have not taken parenting classes, read books about how to be a dad, or listened to educational or instructional CDs or watched DVDs on the subject. I mean, we're essentially uneducated, untrained, sure. unsupported, and under
2: resourced. How and can women? Wonder. How can women help them? Because we well, don't I, know it either, huh? just so you know. Yeah, you know, but.
3: I don't know. I, I, so in comparison, I'll tell you, at least from my side, it sure looks like women know better. And I know that's not true because I've talked to enough to know if you don't come with like an ingrained instruction manual, but there's certainly something about the modeling that many women have received. There's something about this innate desire, and there's something about the way that women talk just so much more naturally with each other in many cases where it seems like when a woman doesn't know or is under-resourced, she, she seems to be more willing to go mm-hmm. find out the answers, to go read a book, to listen to an interview, to to get with another woman and ask. You know, there's so many mom's groups, for instance, and just so few dad's groups. You know, that, that is sort true. Of I,
2: I don't know if we do it because it's innate. Or because, like you said, we've really learned because we've watched mothers, grandmothers, aunts, uncles, uh, sorry, not uncles, aunts, and 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 other females within the family. Women tend to be
3: a little bit more uh, social than men Mm -hmm. as well and just willing to talk, you know, willing to ask their girlfriends, how do you do this? Because I don't think that there are perhaps as many women as there are men who have this same kind of pride issue about not wanting to look like we don't know what we're doing. That may not mm-hmm. be true, maybe stereotypical. I just know the man side. Uh, yeah, yeah. Boy, no, I, I actually
2: agree. I don't think any of us want to look stupid. But I think um, for a man, it's more difficult. I, I actually really agree with you. And, and the woman finds a girlfriend or a sister or yeah. someone within the family fold that could explain that without them looking. So, this know, is like
3: what I, so Gabriella, this is what I say to executive dads. I say, think about this. If we're essentially uneducated, untrained, unsupported, and under resourced as fathers, mm-hmm. you know, no wonder we we're no wonder we don't feel successful as fathers. But think about it this way. How well would your business work? You know, how would your business thrive if your employees were uneducated, untrained, had no management support or coaching and the company was short of funding? Not a chance. That company would be non existent in no time. So what makes us think that our families are going to be any different? I mean what chance do, do your kids really have of thriving if you are not engaged, involved, and are getting the support, education, training, coaching and support that you need as a father to bring that kind of success to your families? I mean any man can become a father. Right? And what's, what's their answer thing.
2: to that? They find that logical, don't they?
3: Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but nobody has we,
2: ever said that, you know, get the information, get the help you need. Right. Well, we, we, we think that education is math. Education is engineering, architecture. All right. these subjects that we have more, what is it called, more pride in? It's almost like we have more pride. Is that true, or am I totally
3: well? You know, I don't. I'm not sure. I'm in the position to say whether it's a pride issue or not. It just certainly is cultural. No, no, I didn't mean pride that way. Let let, let me
2: explain. Um, Pride, pride in our work. Pride in being an architect. Pride Uh in trying to build an even better house. Yeah. Pride in our children is different. It's just supposed to be good. You know, that child is supposed to thrive because I I love it.
3: Well, and for generations, we've been taught that that's women's work. That's what the woman does. The man goes out and he achieves, he builds the world. He goes out, and he hunts and gathers. And the woman, you know, stays home, takes care of the cave, takes care of the children. For generation upon generation, you know, this is what we've seen. But child development research has taught us in so many ways over the last 30 or 40 years that it's not producing the kind of identity issue that we want in our children, that dads nurture, father nurture, although different than a mothers, is just as equally important. Mm -hmm. And so it's it's why I founded the Great Dads Project. It's why I work with busy executive dads, trying to help educate them as to what impact They can have, because so many of us dads, I mean, as men, we want to have an impact in life. It's why we devote so much time to the businesses that we have. But if dads can understand the powerful impact they have on their children, and they can get the skills, the knowledge, the resources, the support, the coaching that they need, it's remarkable. It is absolutely remarkable. And the the,
2: the ripple effect must be amazing when you see it. Well, it
3: is, and I was going to ask you if it's okay, if I could just read something to you. I got an email last week from Absolutely. one of the wives of one of the men that I'm coaching right now. They have four children, uh, and she wrote this to me. She said, thank you. Your coaching has and continues to have a huge impact. For the many years we've been married, I've hoped and prayed that my husband would have a mentor coach, not just for parenting but for life. He has found that with you and your great dad's project. The man at home is content in his own skin now. He looks for ways to connect with the kids. He's present in ways he has never been before. The judgment, frustration, and anger have gone. The things he's learning and applying have changed our whole family life. It's the very best gift ever that he has given to me and our kids. And even better, he sought it out for himself. It brings me to tears every time I think on it. I could go on, but I'll start to cry.
2: I think it's it's really neat what you do. I've oh. told you that many times because if we can really if you have the ability to change one of these men, only only even only one, they will tell their cousin and their you know, their entire male family bonding that they do together. And yeah. it will save so many children, boys and girls, yeah. uh, because I think boys, uh, girls could also stand to have better father relationships and, and, and for everything. You said it in the beginning of the show, to have healthy uh, uh, good relationships. And one of the things that, I know you don't use that word and I use it all the time, it's like these kids otherwise have no foundation to, to grow on. It's mm. like um, I, I, I don't know the word in English very quickly. Oh, like quicksand. When you know, I always feel that if you don't give a child that foundation, that that necessary security, love, bonding foundation with two people, it doesn't necessarily need to be parents. It could be foster foster parents or adoptive parents, but with a couple, it 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 just it really gives them like having quicksand for the rest of their lives, and they'll make all the wrong decisions.
3: Yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: So tell me number three, because I'm curious. Okay,
3: so <laughs> really I think uh, perhaps the most important mistake, uh, the more, or most common mistake so many busy executives make is fathering on autopilot. You know, so the first is leaving it to mom. The second is going it alone. And the third is fathering on autopilot. And what I mean by that is that too many dads seem to be fathering as if their parenting mode was set on a cruise control. You know, like, you know, you set the speed or destination, you let the automated controls take over. And that, you know, I honestly confess, I understand this mistake. When I first founded my startup uh, venture, and it was growing rapidly, the hours were long, the personal issues were sometimes complex and taxing, uh, constant concerns about funding and capital were overwhelming. By the time I walked in the door at home, It was often late. I was exhausted. I hadn't thought at all about what the next few hours might hold. I wanted to check out. I mean, it was easy to be physically present, but absent emotionally and relationally. I wanted to watch ESPN and do something to relax, have a little peace and time to myself. But the last thing I wanted was to discipline the boys, help with homework, or do bath and bedtime routine, right? Countless busy executives feel worn out mentally, emotionally, and sometimes even physically. After Mm -hmm. another long day of travel, intense planning meetings, budget and funding issues and people interaction, they just don't have much, if anything, left when they finally come through the door to greet their families.
2: Do you find that on autopilot, like you call it, action-reaction is number one issue at that moment because you react to everything that your children
3: do? Well, because there's been no planning, and that's the key. No planning. Like, I, I walk in the door as a busy, exhausted dad, and I want time to myself. I want to relax. I'm not thinking about what I can bring, what I can give. I'm thinking, it, this is finally my downtime. And so by being on autopilot, I think you said it well, it's like I'm in wait and react mode. And so something happens, and it's just it's I simply react to what's happening around me, often not in a clear, controlled, thoughtful, or helpful manner you know my anger my impatience can be easily triggered mm-hmm. i'm sometimes short we can be short with our wives or our children some of us drink some of us numb out with tv or music mm-hmm. or our electronic toys but okay. if you're going to if you're going to be a father who makes a positive difference in the lives of your children mm-hmm. if you're going to prevent your children from being at risk from the absent the father absence statistics that i talk about in my workshops then then dads need a plan, just mm-hmm. like we need a just like we need a business plan in our businesses. We need a core fathering system. Okay, that's actually really own.
2: really logical. And um, I just wanted you to know that um, w- when I came home and my child was young, I was a single mom. I was already divorced when my daughter was very young, and uh, my plan—and maybe it's not a good one. I always said to my daughter, when she came home, I, I would give her cookies. We'd come home late, right, because I'm a working mom. So it was at least 5 and sometimes 5.30, but usually 5. I would, so, you know, I would give her the cookies and the milk. And I would tell her that it was downtime. I'd put a clock on so that when it rang, that downtime was finished. Good. And I was there. Yeah. And I just told her... Uh, From very, very, very beginning, mom is a speaker, and the the muscles in the mouth are just a little bit stuck. (laughs) (laughs) Good. And, and, And if you want mommy to be full mommy, I just need to unstuck myself. And then she was very interested in that, and she would look upside down in my mouth and inside out in my ears and everywhere to see if she could help. And I said, the best help is if you eat your cookies and your milk and you give me those 20 minutes. You know what I did in those 20 minutes? I ran upstairs and I took a shower.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And, and it's, it's been that way for a long time in my life. And so the funny part is I washed off the day just having hot water on my skin and by the time i got down in in you know jogging or something totally relaxed jeans not a monkey business suit but something relaxed where you can feel and hug the kid and you know and i'm just telling you this i'm just sharing because i think that helps a lot and and then you come into the living room and suddenly you're quite active <laughs> Even for a home alone parent, whether you're a dad or a mom, it worked splendid. And and my kid really, really asked me if my teeth were unstuck and my jaws, and I said yes. Yeah. <laughs> so that's I'm wonderful, Gabriella. There's all kinds of ways and it, I just had to invent something. So I really understand the autopilot. I really understand it for fathers yeah. and mothers out there. So I think that's terrific. I just would love for you We have four minutes left to do a few things. Yes. Repeat your three A's because I think they're magical. And I think they're they're so worth of being repeated. And the other thing is please let people know again once more how they can contact you, uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, Amazon, all that stuff. So let's start with the three A's because I think they're fantastic.
3: Yeah, I I just call these core fathering practices, like the three legs of a three-legged stool. The first is affirmation, affirmation, which refers to verbal and written words of specific praise regarding our children's character or their decision-making or their treatment of others more than their appearance, achievement, or performance. You know, a father's written and verbal affirmation helps children believe they are smart, capable and able to achieve whatever they set their good minds to. It builds their self-esteem, affirmation. The second is acceptance. Mm -hmm. Acceptance speaks to our unconditional and unending embrace of our children, no matter what they do, how they fail, what they choose to value or believe or pursue, or even with whom they associate, you know, the kind of friends they choose, or even later their boyfriends or girlfriends, and much later even their husbands or wives. Father's unconditional and unending acceptance communicates to children that they belong. It helps them know and feel that they are ours, that we want them, and that we will never, ever turn them away, no matter what. Okay. Acceptance. And the last one, the first is affirmation, then acceptance, and the last one is affection. And affection applies to both spoken and physical expressions of love. Tenderness, warmth, care. A father's affection with his children helps them know that they are loved and lovable, as well as worthy of good, healthy, fulfilling relationships in the future. So, the fantastic. three A's, the core fathering practices, again, are affirmation, acceptance, and affection.
2: It's fantastic. And where can people get your book?
3: The uh, best place to get the book is on Amazon. You know, just go to amazon.com and look up how to be a great dad. Okay. Uh, my book usually comes up the first one. It's called How to Be a Great Dad No Matter What Kind of Father You Had. Uh my name again is Keith Zaffran as the author. And then you can contact me on my website, the great dads project, dads is plural, the great dads o r g. There is a contact page there. You can contact me directly. There's an upcoming events page there where you can sign up for a free webinar on this topic next month. Mm -hmm. And there you can also read about my coaching for all the guys who are interested. In fact, for all of your listeners, Gabriella, I would love to offer a free uh, 45-minute strategic coaching session on how to be a great dad. If they'll contact me through the website, thegreatdadsproject.org. And let me know that they heard this interview on your, on your station. Uh, I will also
2: make sure that I mention that on Facebook again, because we are out of time, Keith, as always, it goes so fast, but thank you so much for coming on for a second time. And you know that uh, the moment we have the link, I will post everything and make sure that you get it to, for your listeners.
3: Thank you so much, Gabrielle. It's a real pleasure to, to do another interview with you. I appreciate it. Hey,
2: keep, keep going with the good work. Thank you so much.
3: Thank you, Gabriella.
2: Goodbye, everyone, and we're back next week with a Mike Radio Show.
1: Thank you again for joining us this week. Might Radio with Gabriella Von Ray can be heard every Friday at noon Eastern Time, 9 Pacific Time, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a great week, and until our next show, think of a random act of kindness that you can perform.
0: Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel.